Welcome to the Candida Chronicles with our host, Michael Biamonte, Certified Clinical Nutritionist. In this podcast, Michael will answer your questions and reveal the shocking truth that the cause of most chronic ailments is not what you've been told. The source is Candida, a yeast overgrowth which, when it becomes systemic, can cause all sorts of seemingly unrelated ailments such as chronic fatigue syndrome and even weight gain. For more information on how Michael can help you, please visit healthtruth.com, that's health-truth.com, or phone his office at 212-587-2330. And now, without further ado, Michael Biamonte. Well, hello everyone, this is Michael Biamonte, Clinical Nutritionist, with another episode of the Candida Chronicles. To remind everyone, uh, please be on the lookout for the announcement of the release of the first edition, uh, or the first series, that is, of the Candida Chronicle book. Uh, the first book of the Candida Chronicles series is going to have all the basic information on Candida that you need to know in order to become well-versed. It's going to explain treatments, how candida affects the body, much, much more. There will also be a very comprehensive diet section in the book, which will contain recipes. And it's going to serve as a good manual for anyone to use in conjunction with their own practitioner in working on their candida case. And we'll also introduce them to the only method that I know of that is a virtually foolproof in dealing with candida, which is the Biamonte method of candida elimination. So be on the lookout for that. The book should be released within the next few months. It will be announced on this show. It will also uh, be announced on the Biamonte Center website. And you'll be able to purchase the book directly from our website and from Amazon.com and all the various Amazon.com outlets. So today we're going to be discussing some new testing that has been in play for a bit of time, a brief bit of time. As of now, uh, my experience with the tests have proven to me that they are valid and workable, which is why we're going to be talking about them today. And we are incorporating them into our our own testing uh, pool and repertoire at the Biamonte Center. And it would definitely help other practitioners and other patients to know about these tests because these are very important in verifying and identifying that you do have certain ailments, which you could be guessing. And, of course, guessing what these elements uh, lead you down the wrong road usually will lead you down the road to failure when you guess that you have these various problems. Uh, first thing I would like to go over about these tests is that the unique thing about these tests is that they are breath tests. These breath tests, uh, each of them, is going to be analyzing your breath for levels of different types of gases which are produced during different maladies in the body, particularly maladies of the digestive system. The first test I'd like to discover, discuss today is the test for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, otherwise known as SIBO. 
This is a breath test. And the purpose of this breath test is to measure your amounts of hydrogen and methane gases. They also perform uh, tests on the levels of CO2 and some other things for quality control purposes. And the theory behind this test is that when you have SIBO, which is small bacterial intestinal overgrowth, you can end up producing levels of hydrogen and methane, which are going to be different than a normal person. So testing for these gases is very important. Uh, in one particular study, which impressed me, 78% of 157 people diagnosed with IBS actually had SIBO. Now, IBS is irritable bowel syndrome, which is just simply a name or a title of a malady where a person has various symptoms. There's no germ called IBS. Uh, so there's not particularly anything that is structurally or, or, or um, pathogenically wrong except for the flora being off balance. So therefore, this is not something that typically medical doctors will be able to diagnose easily. People who've had irritable bowel syndrome, diabetes, rosacea, fibromyalgia, cirrhosis of the liver, any type of immune deficiency syndrome, uh, any chronic pancreatitis, inflammatory bowel disease, celiac, or if they've been found to have been treated with any medications which would affect the intestinal immune response, these are all people who are, it's very important that they do this test because uh, these are the conditions that most clearly align with SIBO. SIBO essentially is an overgrowth of bacteria in your intestinal tract. It tends to get worse as you get older and it can cause chronic inflammation of the stomach. It causes reduced gastric secretion, which means that you don't make as much hydrochloric acid. And this becomes a predisposing factor for people with SIBO, as it is with candida. Um, this would not be considered a test for candida. However, I would say that the possibility of having SIBO and having candida do unfortunately go hand in hand. So if you have one, you very well may have the other. You're more prone to having the other. But they're treated a bit differently. Uh, nonetheless, the symptoms that they can cause can be similar. So it's a very good idea for anyone with candida or any of the maladies that I just listed off. I'll repeat those again. It would be IBS, diabetes, rosacea, fibromyalgia, cirrhosis, immune deficiency, chronic pancreatitis, inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease, or any long-term treatment with any medicine that affects your gastrointestinal immunity to be tested for SIBO. And the, the test we're referring to right now is the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth test, which essentially is a breath test for hydrogen and methane. The second of the tests which are going to be offered 
in the upcoming weeks is a fructose metabolism test. It's actually a fructose malabsorption test. Um, if you've been told by your physician or your health practitioner that you have IBS, celiac, gluten sensitivity, lactose intolerance, but yet all of the changes they've made to your diet have done nothing to help you, you may have a fructose malabsorption syndrome. The fructose malabsorption syndrome is tested with a breath test. Uh, this, again, is measuring hydrogen and methane. We're looking at different criteria, however, than for the SIBO test. And we're essentially looking to see whether or not there is a malabsorption of the sugar fructose. If you're not breaking the fructose down and absorbing it correctly, you can have these, uh, unfortunately, these various digestive symptoms, uh, which are quite annoying, and nonetheless can lead you into thinking you have illnesses that you may not have. The diagnosing someone with the fructose malabsorption is very difficult. I'm told the breath tests were available that actually had some type of scientific, um, let's say, uh, basis behind them. It was in a matter of opinion and trial and error in removing someone from the fructose products in order to see if they would improve. So you could then conclude that the person had a problem with fructose. So this, again, very useful test. This is something that you would done, you'd be done if you tried all these other possible diets and were receiving really no help whatsoever. The next test, which is a rather simple one, is one for lactose intolerance. Not, uh, people misdiagnosed with other illnesses who have lactose intolerance is unfortunately uh, a bit startling of a statistic. Lactose intolerance causes symptoms that are very similar to candida, similar to SIBO, similar to the fructose malabsorption problem. So the only way to know really, particularly if you have this condition, is to, is to do the test or to completely avoid any lactose, which can be difficult because it can be hidden in your food. It's been thought that about 50% of the people who self-report milk intolerances are actually normal digesters of lactose. Instead, what they suffer from maybe a functional bowel disorder. But when you have reoccurring abdominal pain and then you eliminate the milk from your diet and you get a steady uh, in decrease in symptoms and an improvement in the condition, it's very likely that you do have a lactose intolerance. However, doing the, this test will tell you precisely if you do or you don't. This condition, of course, as most people know, is more common among Asian, African, African American, Native American, and some people are amongst the Mediterranean populations because uh, as these people get older, their ability to produce lactase lessens. This is definitely a condition which gets worse as you get older because you do not have the same uh, 
lactase production. Lactase is the enzyme that helps you determine your digestion for milk sugars. The last test of the four, which are going to be offered, is a test for leaky gut syndrome. Uh, this test is essentially detecting a person's ability to digest sucrose. Again, it's a simple breath test. And due to the nature of leaky gut, and due to the nature of how one's digestion of sugars is affected by leaky gut, analyzing one's digestion of sucrose can give a pretty good analysis in terms of your leaky gut possibilities. Leaky gut is unfortunately a condition which is completely misdiagnosed. There are hundreds and thousands of people out there who treat themselves for leaky gut who don't have leaky gut. So it's a very misdiagnosed condition both in both ways. It's, the diagnosis is typically missed by medical doctors and unfortunately people who are health enthusiasts believe they have leaky gut based on symptoms when they actually don't have it. So they end up treating themselves for something they don't have. For those of you unfamiliar with the condition, leaky gut is essentially a condition where the intestinal walls have been damaged. They become thinner and porous. And this allows substances, including toxins, including undigested foods, material, to enter the bloodstream and cause an allergic inflammatory response. The person with leaky gut typically has bloating and digestive problems, but, uh, but chronically they'll suffer from allergies, sinus problems, achy joints, fatigue, brain fog, unexplained rashes, etc., etc. These people usually have candidiasis in conjunction with leaky gut. The leaky gut breath test is excellent in helping you to determine if you actually do have leaky gut, because uh, at this point at least you know you're treating yourself for the correct ailment. Now these four tests are going to be offered um, through our center. We're actually going to be not selling these tests directly, but we will be referring people to uh, online websites where they can purchase these tests. And these tests being something that are relatively new, but luckily enough are proven to work and proven to be effective, do offer you a very good value in that you can take these tests with relatively uh, little effort, mail it back to the lab, you take your own sample at home, and then you mail it back to the lab and the lab will then report to your physician the results of the test so you can see what you have going on. Very helpful in, in your doctor understanding your condition. So unfortunately, most physicians have been guessing at these conditions without actually having any real um, understanding of whether or not the condition exists or not. Now, an additional test is going to be made available soon. And the interesting thing about this test is that 
it's a test which actually tells us if the person may have hidden toxic metals in their system. Porphyrins are substances which are produced in the body. And porphyrins are produced in different amounts in a case where there are heavy metals in the body. A porphyrin test is typically done with urine, although it can, I've seen it offered with blood. But it's typically done with urine. And what porphyrins actually are, in one way we could think of it as porphyrins are oxidized cells which are part of the red blood cell. They're part of the heme, of the hemoglobin, which is in your red blood cell metabolism. These essentially are oxidized metabolites of the heme biosynthesis. They can occur in genetic disorders. They can occur if a person is chronically anemic or if they have a lot of oxidative stress occurring. For patients from the Biamonte Center, the oxidative stress would be associated with the oxidative test, which is the test that turns red on your home urine kit. Having high levels of the red test in the 4 to 5 range could indicate that your body is producing abnormal levels of urinary porphyrins. These porphyrins, though, most interestingly enough, are also associated with exposure to mercury, arsenic, lead, and some other chemicals and drugs. What's very interesting and what makes this test of particular importance is that if a person does a test, uh, let's say typically a hair analysis, and the hair analysis does not show any toxic metals, because the person is a bad detoxifier and they're simply unable to mobilize these toxic metals, they will show high amounts of urinary porphyrins. So where you suspect a person may have toxic metals, but a hair analysis won't validate that, a urinary porphyrin test can be done, and this will tell you the person has these metals, but they're not detoxifying them very well, which is why it doesn't show in the hair. These metals are locked up in storage in the tissues and aren't being distributed enough throughout the body due to detoxification being so poor that they don't show in the hair. It's possible that you could also do a provoked urinary challenge and not show the toxic metals in the urine. There's an interesting story about a medical doctor who's now become an expert in autism and how he dealt with his own son who was autistic. His son was a very bright child and his son was autistic. His father, the medical doctor, really didn't know very much about autism, but he was aware that there was a strong relationship between mercury and other toxic metals and autism. So he started to chelate his son and uh, he didn't find any metals coming out into the child's urine. Um, this doctor, whose last name is Butar, B-U-T-T-A-R, was so convinced of the relationship between metals and autism from 
the study, very in-depth study he did in the medical literature, he continued to chelate his son for, I, I believe in the, in the story I heard him tell at a seminar once, he chelated the boy for at least a year and a half to maybe two years before the toxic metals began to show in the boy's urine. It took another few years of chelation to remove all the metals from the boy. At that point, the boy was amazingly improved with his autism, and he actually became the first child to testify in front of Congress, and he told his entire story of the relationship of the toxic metals and his father's treatment, how he was doing before, how he's doing now. It's quite, a, quite a, an amazing story. If one wanted to look it up, I'm sure you could go on YouTube and probably catch the doctor telling it uh, on a recording. His name is Rashid Buttar. That's spelled R-A-S-H-I-D and the last name B-U-T-T-A-R. A medical doctor who has an autism center now. And this type of test I don't believe existed back when Dr. Buttar was first um, investigating autism. But had he had this test available, he could have done this test on the child and he would have seen elevated porphyrins, which would have told him that indeed his child did have these toxic metals, but they were essentially locked up and hidden in the body due to the child's inability to properly detoxify. At that point, you can change your chelation and your detoxification strategies a bit to improve them and compensate for the child's inability to de detoxify and you would get much faster result than Dr. Buttar did at the time. But of course, he was working with what he had available. Uh, bottom line was he did get the end result. At the time, all was done, said and done. He still did get the correct end result. So that's the most important thing, I believe. Uh, so there you have it. We have the different breath tests that we've discussed today. We have the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. We have the lactose intolerance, the fructose intolerance, the leaky gut test. And there's one in addition that we did not mention for some reason, I don't know why, but it's a, called a urea breath test for de detecting H. pylori infection. Um, the theory behind the test is that we will have higher levels of urea in the breath when H. pylori is in the system than not. H. pylori, as you know, is a, a very devastating bacteria. I have found it very typically accompanying people who suffer with candida. H. pylori for years was known as the corkscrew bacteria. Corkscrew in that it literally, when you looked at it under a microscope, looked like a corkscrew and it would tend to dig into your intestinal tract or your, or your stomach lining just like a corkscrew. It, can, it causes ulcers and uh, I think most of the medical profession now believes and assumes that the majority of ulcers come from this bacteria as opposed to what was the thought many years ago. People originally thought that stress and excess acid in the stomach caused ulcers, 
that thinking now has been changed, and we now are aware of the fact that this bacteria H. pylori causes ulcers. It's interesting that H. pylori actually weakens the amount of acid production in your stomach, which makes your digestion compromised. That's quite a different story than would have been initially thought. It would have been thought that the excess acid would have been the problem. But in fact, it's quite the opposite. And so again, this is another test which is going to be offered soon. This is a breath test for detecting H. pylori. It's done by detecting the person's level of urea. Urea is essentially a byproduct of hydrochloric acid and protein digestion. Well, very good. I hope this has been informative to everyone out there. Um, you can contact the Biamonte Center if you're interested in knowing more about these tests. You can also go to the website of personallabtesting.com. Uh, personallabtesting.com will be... I'm sorry, no, it's not .com. It's Personal Lab Testing Services. That's the name of the website. Uh, so if you're doing a search for them, that's how you would search it. They, they are going to be offering all of these tests through their website in the next few weeks. I don't know that they are, I don't believe they're, they have them on the site at this moment. This is uh, somewhat new material. So within the next few weeks, they will certainly be offering these tests. Uh, you can also look for them online on the Biamonte website. If you go to health-truth.com, we'll, we will have some articles and some things published on these tests. And we'll most likely put up a link leading you to the personal lab testing services website so you can purchase the test. Well, I hope this again has been informative. Uh, this, these new tests are definitely helpful because the, the war that exists in healthcare is not so much between your insurance company or your doctor and the patient. The war is really between intelligence, understanding versus ignorance. The biggest problem that exists in healthcare is the wrong diagnosis and the wrong treatment. It's not your insurance company. This is what costs millions and millions of dollars each year. This is why drug companies offer certain medications uh, at a price of hundreds of dollars per pill. It's because they don't have the right diagnosis and they don't have the right technology of treatment. If Obamacare would have, would have dedicated itself to changing the healthcare technology enlightening people to the need for nutrition and whatnot. All this mishmash with insurance companies and insurance plans, which really is not going to ever do anything to increase health in this country. It's just all a matter of making drug companies and insurance companies rich. It has nothing to do with your health. This is one of the biggest fallacies that has ever existed. Health care for all through Obamacare really only and has more people ending up on prescription drugs. The more health coverage you have of this nature, 
the more availability drugs are to people. And this becomes particularly dangerous when you start talking about psychotrophic drugs, which are psychiatric drugs, and especially when you start talking about dispensing these drugs to young children. If Obamacare had been more concerned with having your doctor give you the correct diagnosis and giving you a nutrition or botanical-based treatment, which had far less significant side effects and potentially damaging side effects than the pharmaceutical treatments, we'd really have something. But that's not what anyone in that business cares about. So it leaves us in the grassroots here to fend for ourselves and find the truth so that we can find the right correction for where our health goes in the wrong direction. And certainly with these new tests, we have a, a major inroad in being able to identify conditions that people have, which they may or may not be aware of. And once they're identified, we can actually treat them correctly because we know we're, we're treating the correct condition. So this has been Michael Biamonti with another episode of the Candida Chronicles. <clears throat> Tune in again next Tuesday when we will have our next episode. Until then, I wish you health. That's a wrap for this episode of the Candida Chronicles featuring Michael Biamonte, Certified Clinical Nutritionist. Michael holds a Doctorate of Nutropathy and is a New York State Certified Clinical Nutritionist. He is a professional member of the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists and of the American College of Nutrition, and he's a member of the Scientific Advisory Board for the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. For more information on how Michael can help you, please visit healthtruth.com, that's health-truth.com, or phone his office at 212-587-2330. Welcome to the Candida Chronicles.